launching into a new series. Uh, it's starting uh, today, actually, right now. And we're, we're launching into a series called Forget Not. Forget Not. And if you know Scripture, you know your Bible, you really you see right throughout, I guess, particularly the Old Testament, the journey of the Israelites, uh, is, is a lot of it is, is one generation as devotion to God, and then another generation would fall away from God. And, and really, it's going on this journey of, of, of as, you, as you look through the Old Testament, uh, you start to see uh, really the Israelites' journey of one of, of moments of devotion and then moments of complacency towards God. I would say the Israelites never fully, fully let go of the idea of God, the concept of God. God was always in the framework. There was always spirituality. There was always the concept of our God or, or many gods in the framework of their life and, and their belief as the people of God, but, but, but the aspects in which they, 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 they viewed when they looked at God, the devotion in which they carried to God was very much ebbing and flowing through their journey. There were seasons where their devotion was fully towards God through the redemption of God. God would redeem them, bring them to a point of strength. And then in that, in that point of strength, they would lose sight of God, uh, lose sight of their devotion towards God. And there's, there's aspects of God where, where God would become forgotten, not forgotten in the sense of, oh, that's right, there's a God out there, but forgotten in, uh, oh, this is a God we love. This is a God we're devoted to. This is a God we serve. This is the God, the one and only God. In fact, you see it pretty early on, even as Moses uh, frees the people from Egypt, as, as God redeems the people out of Egypt and the parting of the seas, it doesn't take long uh, before the, the people actually initially even start to forget their devotion and their heart towards God. Even though they had, they, they had just seen a miraculous delivery from, from, from Egypt because of God, we know the story, how the story goes. Moses goes up onto the mountain, and because Moses was the spokesman between God and his people, or, or Moses and his brother Aaron, when they lost Moses, or when Moses went up to the mountain, there was a, there was a disconnect now between the people and God, and it didn't take long for that disconnect then to turn their focus and attention away from God. Their relationship with God was very much through Moses. And the moment uh, Moses was removed, it didn't take long for them to forget, to forget what God had done, forget who God was, forget their devotion and heart towards God. But And then Moses returns, and we know how the story goes, in his frustration and in his anger going, "How how could you do this? But what they really did is they didn't forget about God as in the whole concept and what God had. What they did is they actually reduced the image of God down to a golden calf. The name they'd use for the calf was the same name they'd use for God. So, so they didn't forget about God, but they reduced God. They forgot about the, the real power of God. They forgot about the real person of God. They forgot about the real strength of God. They forgot about, about who God real, really was because really their connection to, to God was through Moses. And it's really important in our, in, our, in our Christian life that we actually, we don't, we don't lose our personal connection with God because you can relate to God through the routines and rhythms of a good Christian life. But then when those things get rocked, it really tests where your relationship with God really is. That's why for, for the season for COVID, so much on what people relied on when it came to their, their disciplines, their habits with God was rocked. It really tested the foundation of their relationship with God because so much of the fabric of church was removed moved, it really tested whether, whether you, you connected with God or whether your connection with God was still through 
other spaces, other people. And so you got this, this place where, where this is the danger we all live in, I think, is, is not forgetting God. I don't think you're in this room, you're in danger of forgetting the idea of God. Waking up one morning and saying, wasn't there something I used to do on Sundays? Like, I don't, I don't think, unless your weekend goes horribly wrong, I don't think that's going to be your Sunday morning thought. Oh, there wasn't there, wasn't there something? I can't remember what I used to do on Sundays. That, that's not going to be the reality for most. So we're not going to forget God. But, but along the journey, the danger is we forget the smaller things about God. We forget our devotion towards God. We forget the heart we once carried for God. We forget, we forget our trust in God. We forget that God's with us. We forget God's, we forget the small things. And, and, but, and not because I don't believe we intentionally do it. The danger is we become forgetful about some of the aspects of God because there's, there's so much that takes up our focus. Like you ever walked into the supermarket and then you, by the time you get around the supermarket, you get to check out and you're like, why did I, well, I've got all this stuff, but why did I come here in the first place? And you get home and Leela's like, did you get the monk? I'm like, I knew there was a reason I went to the supermarket. I got all this other stuff. <laughs> but but the, the, it's, so, it's so easy in life to get, to get so caught up with everything else going on that sometimes we miss the small things and in the small things we miss some of the significant things. I remember um, the first vehicle I ever owned as a, uh, I was 18 years old, and I bought for $300. I found a van on the side of the road, a 1989 Mitsubishi Delica Star Wagon van. It was column shift and had a warrant once upon a time, and uh, that was close enough for the budget I had. And uh, my father had a, I was still learning to drive, and when you learn to drive, there's, there's a lot you've got to remember, um, especially if you're trying to learn in a column shift. And uh, so there's a lot, a lot I was trying to remember, and I remember... Uh, anyway, I got my restricted license, just got my restricted license, and I went up to my father's house, and my father has a driveway that goes quite steep, and it has a bit of a corner, and there's the neighbor's garden down the bottom. It's got a, it's got a steep driveway, and then it goes flat, and uh, I remember going up to see dad one day, and I went inside, and then as I, as I was leaving, I was driving down the road, and Oh, I forgot my phone. And so I, I drove back to Dad's, and because I was just running in to get my phone, I, I drove up the driveway, and I just left the car uh, running on top of the hill and left the keys in it and ran inside to go get my phone. And then I, I ran out. Once once I found my phone, I ran outside, and my van was gone. And uh, I remember standing there. My initial thought was, this was, who would steal that thing? Like, out of all the cars, you, you're just stealing a problem. It's really not going to help your life. I mean, you can have it if you want it. It's more pain than it is uh, a pleasure, this van. And uh, I remember standing there baffled, like, who, who would steal it? And then as I walked out the driveway and looked down the hill, I realized no one had stolen. I just forgot to put the handbrake on. And uh, the van had made its way down the driveway and through the neighbor's garden, and luckily no one was injured uh, in the process but, but it was, it was, it was a, such a little thing because I was in a rush that I forgot. It was such a crucial thing. And sometimes it's a little bit like that in life at times. We can be in such a rush, such a focus, so much going on that, that we miss some of the little things but the very crucial things. We miss our worship towards God, which, which just taking time in the morning to take a moment with God and worship God can, can seem on the daily like a very little thing, but it's a very crucial thing. 
Because then as we're going through the busyness of life, we're like, well, I've lost the sense of God's with me. What's because, because I've lost some of the little bits of devotion I've had in my world. And life, it's so easy on the journey that, that we don't lose sight of God because I don't think that's the danger for us. But we lose sight of some of the small things that we need to be reminded of in our heart about God. The fact we trust God, the fact we're devoted towards God. And when it comes to the, the Israelites' journey with God, it was really the, the testimony of one generation that determined the, the devotion of another generation. And often the people, the Israelites' people were part of their practice, but also part of the command from God at different times was to tell the generations of the good things the Lord has done. Because in the remembering of what God has done, you remind yourself of who God is and that God is with you. And when one testimony would lose, when one generation would lose their testimony, the next generation would lose their devotion. And it's very important that, that we don't lose our testimony of God. We don't forget the testimonies of what God has done in our world because it's our testimony that can fuel devotion towards God. And, and you find in this journey, in fact, even in Zechariah, you find this, this passage, as, and this is important, especially as we head into the fast, where part of the custom of the people at the time were that, that they, would, they were devoted towards God in fasting. So on the fifth and seventh month, they would fast. It was part of their custom. They'd done it for years. What, what was started by one group, one generation, as part of their devotion and worship towards God, the, 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 the discipline had been passed on, but the heart hadn't been caught. And so the discipline of fasting had been passed on, but the heart of it had been lost. And, and, and the, the, the people God at that time had, had kind of lost not only their heart towards God, but in losing their heart towards God, they had lost the, the behavior, the characteristics, the nature of what it meant to be a person of God. And so they had let go of many of the things of God. And then, and the king comes to the, the prophet, Zechariah, to, to get word whether they should fast again. And, and in Zechariah 7 verse 3, it says, they, the, um, the priests, by asking the priests of the Lord Almighty and the prophets, should I mourn and fast in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? Then in verse 4, this is the response of the Lord. It says, ask the people of the land and the priests when you fasted and mourned for, on the in the fifth and seven months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? Like, was, was it really for God that you did it? Like, I know it was established by the people God as part of their worship and devotion towards God, but, but the discipline had been passed on to the next generation, but the heart of it had been lost. And God's saying, well, what, what really is the point if you have lost me in it all? And it's amazing how people can kind of even do Christianity, do church, do songs, do, do, do community, do everything. And in amongst it all, lose God in the essence of what this thing is all about. We're not just here as a nice community. We're not just here just to help people. Well, that's part of what we do. We're actually here first and foremost to bring glory to the name of God, to actually bring honor to God, to glorify God and have a devotion towards God. Because what, what's the point in us all fasting in November? Like, what's the point if it's just a nice diet to get the summer body ready before summer? What, what's the point? There's much better things I could do with my time. Like, eat food. But I do it because of my devotion towards God. Then my heart towards God. The danger with the Israelites' people is often they didn't lose the customs. What they did, 
they held the customs but lost God in amongst it all. And then once they lost God, they lost the customs eventually. And it's really important. I like what the psalmist says. And this, I just want to look at Psalms 103 today just briefly. And this is a passage we'll be looking at a bit over this series. But I like what Psalms 103 has to say. Because when it, when it comes to, to remembering God, it's, it's so important that a part of remembering God and, and our devotion in our heart and in the life we live is, is, is the role that praise plays is very important. Because once you lose your praise, you, you start to lose your perspective. You start to lose something. When, when, my, when I lose my praise, it's because I've forgotten something about God. Because when, when I remember who God is in all his glory, praise is, praise is a natural response. When there's awe in my heart, praise is a response of my life. And you see in Psalms 103, he opens up by saying this. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Verse 2, it goes on to say, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And this morning, I just want to quickly look at these, these benefits of God that we're to not lose sight of, to not lose heart in. But before we look at the benefits that, that we're to hold to in God, I like how the psalmist starts by saying, actually, the, the way in which I don't lose sight of my benefits is actually by holding to my praise. And not just praise. It's not just the praise he's talking about. Is He's saying praise from my inmost being. With everything I am, with the, my soul, my heart, my mind, my body, my thoughts, my, 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 my areas of my life that are going well, the areas of my life that are going tough, the, the victories and the confusion, the success and the doubt, the the, 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 the mountaintop and the valley, with everything going on inside of me, I bring it to a point where I say, no, I praise and enthrone God in this part of my life. And it's in enthroning God in his praise, he's reminded of what God has done in his world and done in his life. And it's often, that's why in the morning when we encourage before you head into your week, before you head into your world, take moments to praise God. Every morning when I get up, I take a moment to praise God. I don't jump around like this and have a band. That's not, that's not how I praise God. But I take a moment to just say, thank you, God. And that, that moment of bringing my, my inmost being to a point of praise helps, helps remind me. That's right, there's a God that's in control. That's right, there's a God that's for me. There's a God that's with me. And so it opens by saying praise, but then I, I want to look, he says, forget not the benefits, forget not the benefits, or forget not all of his benefits. And I just want to quickly look at what the psalmist, initially he lists a bunch of benefits, and then he lists uh, a bunch of aspects of God we shouldn't forget. But I, I just want to start this morning by looking at some of these benefits of praising God that, that we're to hold to. First thing he says when it comes to forget forget not his benefits. He says, hey, forget not the one in verse three, it says, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Don't forget it's God that forgave you. Don't forget it's Jesus. Don't forget it's the Lord. And, and, and it's, it's first for a reason. Fact that the fact that forgiveness is the first thing 
It says how important it is. Because what is everything else if I'm first not redeemed in the glory and the grace of God? What is everything else God can do for me if first of all I'm not brought back to a relationship with God? The psalmist is saying, I praise God. And the first thing I'm thankful for at the top of the list is the fact that I am forgiven. There's a whole bunch of other things God's done in my world, done in my life, done in my family, done done in my career, done, done in my world. But above all, all of that, the thing I'm most thankful for is the fact I get to live in right relationship with my Father. The forgiveness that comes from God. The danger is as you've been a Christian for a little bit long, we, we sometimes see the teaching of forgiveness of sins as kind of like the entry point, And then we kind of move on from that. We move on from that. Well, then I need the other things of God. But it's really important that you don't lose your understanding of what you've been redeemed from. It's really important you don't lose sight of the effect of the gospel, not just when you are saved, but every day you wake up. That actually I am just a sinner. I remember going to Bible college and, and one of the things I learned most about my life at Bible college is just how useless I am. <laughs> Sign up, it'll be a great year. But I, I say that in the sense of because I remember being in one lecture and just feeling like the awe of God, like a, like the sense of, man, God, you're just amazing. And I'm nothing. And, and not in the sense of I'm useless, woe is me, I, I need some tissues. You, <laughs> but in the sense of, God, I'm so insignificant, but you died for us. You gave your life for us. And it's really important we don't lose the awe of our own salvation, of the fact that we've been saved and redeemed. Because the problem is, is often what, hap- what, what the danger is, is in Christianity you get saved and, and you're so thankful for the redemption of God and then you start to live out your redeemed life. And in that journey of living out, your, your life uh, starts to reflect, I guess, a bit more of the, the nature and characteristics and the life that God's called us to live. The danger is the longer we go on, the, the less we, we, we start to lose the heart of repentance because I can make a moral resolve now for my life. Like my life is better than other people in this sense. That's what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they, they weren't more forgiven. They were just more blind to their sin. They, everyone was sinners, but they would look at other people and say, well, they need Jesus. Well, they didn't think they need Jesus, but they need forgiveness and, and we don't need forgiveness. But not because they were better, they were just more blind. And the danger is in the more, the longer you're walking in a life with God, it's not that you become better. It's the danger is that you become blind. You become blind to your own need of Jesus. You become blind to your, your own. I would, I, would, I would bet, if I was a betting man, I'd bet to say all of us in this room, I would say you're a worse sinner than you think. <laughs> you are, there's some preachers that will tell you you're, you're greater than you know. This morning, oh, you're worse than you know. Like you, you, you fall more short from the glory of God than you realize. And the danger is because it's sin I commit on the daily I don't even know about. But Jesus comes in his grace to redeem us, to forgive us. And it's, it's so important that we don't lose or forget the goodness of the gospel. 
the goodness that we are sinners in need of a savior and we are far from God. In fact, I, I like what the psalmist later on says. He's, it, it's, it's real low, but it resonates with me. It says for talking about his own sense of knowing how, how worthless he is in comparison to God. It talks about in verse 14, for he knows uh, how we are formed. He, he remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower in a field. The wind blows over it and it's gone and its place is remembered no more. It's this real sober sense of the fact, actually he starts by going, I'm in awe of God and in being in awe of God, I realize how insignificant I am, but, but I'm so grateful that there's a God that has saved me and redeemed me. And it's really important if you're gonna keep your devotion alive towards God, that you don't forget the glory of your salvation. But he goes on to say, God, the first thing, the first benefit is that God forgives your sins and heals all your diseases. And when it comes to Jesus, both forgiveness and healing, they, they were both in hand with one another. In fact, Jesus would say to people who came for healing, hey, your sins are being forgiven cause a big stir in the town. He says, well, what's easier for me to say your sins are being forgiven or stand up and walk, you've been healed. Because to Jesus, it's all the same. He forgives us and he heals us. He forgives us and he heals us. And, and we believe that God heals, heals our diseases. Now there's, there's at the end of the day, in terms of when we say God heals all diseases, we believe that, that when, God di- when Jesus died and rose again, he became victorious. And so we take hold of eternal life through Jesus. And there's going to come a moment in the return of Jesus where all is redeemed, where all, all creation is redeemed under Jesus. All, all disease is gone, all sickness is gone. And so we believe that there is the day where all sickness is gone. But we also believe why we're still in the temporary stage of life that, that healing can be taken hold of now. And, and it's really important that I don't lose heart in that. I, I grew up as a church kid and mother loved Jesus too much. It caused all sorts of trauma in my life, but we got through that. And uh, I, I was the kid, man. I remember as a teenager, I was so cynical about about healings and church and all that sort of stuff. Like, I, I remember, I remember having to go to church, especially as a fourteen-year-old. Our church had terrible music, not like what we have, and um, and uh, it was a great church. But but I remember being a fourteen-year-old. I, I was not really into everything that was going on, and church wasn't an option. And so so we went along. I remember driving to church. I believed in God. I remember driving to church, and I'd always pray. God, please don't let them sing too many songs. <laughs> they used to put the run sheet on the front seat, and me and a friend of mine grew up church together. We'd walk in every Sunday and walk down the aisle and go, please, God, let there not be too many songs, and look at the run sheet and go, ah, seven songs, what? But uh, we, we would we'd sit in church, and people would give testimony. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, sure. Like people would come up on stage with crutches and, I needed crutches, and then in this moment, God healed me and waving their crutches. I don't need my crutches anymore. And I'd, oh, every time, as much as I, I was like, God, I want to believe in you, but I just don't think they needed crutches in the first place. <laughs> and it was this real, like, just this, this heart towards it. And then I had a friend. I went going to tell the story. But then God healed, healed a close friend of mine. Blind in one eye, I could heal healed in a moment. And it changed everything for me. It changed everything. 
that God can heal. And then from that moment, I was so passionate about the healing of God, but then I've had friends and family members get sick and not get healed. And, and it's easy to just forget. And then every now and again, I, 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 for, for a season, I had to keep coming back to that testimony. No, God, I've seen you do it once. I believe you can do it again. But discouragement would set in and would rob us of our belief. We believe that one day God would redeem all humanity, but we also believe God redeems humanity today. That healing is on for offer today. And so it's so important we don't lose the power of our salvation, but we don't also lose the power of God. Come on, he, he forgives us and he heals us. But I would say there's some sin in life that, that, that we, we find forgiveness in, but we, don't, we struggle to find healing in. I would say when it comes to physical healing, we believe in the power of God for that. But I would also say when it comes to, to areas of sin in our lives, we both need forgiveness and healing. Because there's, there's some areas in people's lives that, that keep bringing issues to God for forgiveness. But they don't allow God in for healing. And so they're always bringing issues, repetitive sin issues to God for, for God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And God will forgive your sins, but God also needs to heal your heart. And if there's, if there's repetitive sin in our world, often it's because we've brought it to God for forgiveness, but we haven't taken hold of God for healing. And you've got to both let God forgive your sin, but also heal your life. Otherwise, you'll develop patterns in your life and wonder, oh God, why haven't you broken this off? No, you, you don't need to ask God just for forgiveness. God's forgiven it. You now need to allow God in for healing. And there's just two other things that benefits that the psalmist says that I want to look at this morning. So the first is, hey, don't forget that he forgives your sins and that he heals your diseases. In verse 4, he goes on, hey, don't forget that he redeems your life from the pit and he crowns you with love and compassion. Don't forget you're redeemed. Don't forget that it was God that met you in the pit. And it was God that redeemed you. Because it's easy to remember God when you're in the pit. The problem is, and you look at the life of the Israelites, it's once they were redeemed, they would lose sight of God. Don't forget it was God that brought you to a place of strength. Don't forget it was God that brought healing to your life. Don't forget it was God that brought about that breakthrough. Don't forget it was God that opened up that door of opportunity. It's amazing how many people finish uni and then they're looking for work and, and praying praying to God, God, open up a door for work. And then they get the job they've been believing for and they start by saying, so thank, thank you to God for, for God's done. But three, four years into their, their career, they forget, they forget about God in their career. But it was God that opened up the door for them in the first place. We all know you didn't deserve that job, but God gave it to you. We know, we know it's God that redeems you. But it's so easy that, that in, the, in, the, in the pit moments we remember God, but it's, it's important that you remember it's God that brought you to a point of strength. Come on, it's God that's brought favor to your life. It's God that's brought his grace to your life. But not only remember that it's God that brought you there, part of remembering and not forgetting is actually remember Remember that you are redeemed. Because sometimes I think in the way we act, speak, think, we, we think like we've forgotten that God's redeemed us already. Like there should be a difference between my life and the life of those who don't know Jesus. Because I'm redeemed. So what worries them doesn't worry me. The narrative they carry and the narrative I carry are different. 
Well, there's a difference between us because I'm redeemed. That's why the apostles couldn't be stopped because what the, when, when the spreading of the gospel, they would try and, and push down the, the apostles and, to try and squish the gospel. So their plan was let's put them in jail and let's beat them because that's what discourages people, but not redeemed people. Redeemed people are different. You can't rob the joy. You, you, you can't rob my passion. You can put me in prison and you can beat me up, but you can't steal my joy. That was the message of Paul. So he was unstoppable. Why? Because he lived out the redemption of Christ. He wasn't in this world looking for something. He was in this world redeemed to give something. And I'm not looking at what I can get from this world in the next 40, 50, however long the Lord allows me to be here. I'm not looking at what I can get from this world. Now I'm redeemed and got all I need in Christ. I'm looking at what I can give to this world. What can I give to this world? Why? Because I live from a place of redeemed. Come on, remember you're redeemed. You should be different in your workplace. When the gossip comes past your desk, it should be different. Because you're redeemed. Like you ever been out Christianed by a non-Christian? I've got a friend, not a Christian at all. Very, you know, we had an open conversation about my faith and his beliefs. And I remember stopping one day, we up this gravel road and stopping in the car because someone had broken down. And it's the, it's the Christian thing to do, to stop and help them. And so we stopped and helped them. And I got out of the car, I quickly looked at their car and thought, there's a lot of problems here. And uh, we were, to, to help them, I was going to have to take them 40 minutes back into town Rain someone to get a tow truck. It's just going to be a lot of work that I didn't want to do. No, I wanted to help, but not that much. Like I needed to tick off that Christian sense. But when I realized the problem, I said to my mate, I said, oh, man, we've got, we got places to go. Should we just, you know, <laughs> tell them that we're busy? And he goes, isn't there something in that Bible you read about a good Samaritan? like, come on, man, we should help them. I'm like, ah. <laughs> out Christian by a non-Christian. But there should be something different in the way we live. I'll say, don't forget you're redeemed. Next time gospel goes around the office, don't forget you're redeemed. Next time fear and worry grips the heart of other people, come on, don't forget you're redeemed. You know God. Come on, you know the Holy One. You, you, you speak different. You, you, you think different. You act different. I live out my redemption and I've been crowned with love and compassion. I've been crowned with love and compassion. In fact, Zechariah 7, after, after God kind of rebukes them about fasting, he goes on to say in verse 9, this is what you should do instead, God says. Instead of just doing a religious duty, what you should do is, is administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreign or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other because they held to the customs of Christianity, but the life they were living was far from what God had designed. God said, well, what's your customs if your life's not going to match it? He says, return to the heart of God and return to the ways of God. I want to say when it comes to our life, remember that God saved you. Remember that God's redeemed you from the pit. But live it in a way that tells the world that, that I am redeemed. And the last thing that we're to remember 
is the benefits of the God according to Psalm 103. He says, remember, verse 5, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. Don't forget that it's God that satisfies you and it's God that strengthens you. Come on, the desires of your heart, don't forget it's God. It's God that satisfies you. That the things in my heart, I don't need to go outside of God to find satisfaction, but I go through God to find it. Come on, what's the desires of your heart? You can trust God. You can trust God with it. It's God that satisfies you. What he says is he satisfies the desires with good things so that your strength is, or your youth is renewed. That when God satisfies your life, he also brings a strength to your life. So you can actually seek for satisfaction and meaning in so many other things, but it won't bring a strength to your life. But when your desires are met in God, it brings an unshakable nature into your life. See, a lot of people, there's a lot of needs in this world and people clean and, and, try, try, and try and satisfy themselves, satisfy, and the, and the world has a lot to lure and we try and satisfy and find things. I don't forget about God altogether, but when it comes to some of the things in my heart, I, I'm going after this and I'm chasing after this and then the world shakes and all of a sudden people's lives are shaken because, because I've, I've got security and meaning out of other things. But when your security and meaning is based and found through God and what God brings to your life, there's a strength to it. The world can shake, but you remain strong because I found it in God. Don't, remember, don't forget, come on, it's God's heart to satisfy the desires of your life. You don't need to go outside of God. You need to lean into God. You can trust them with the desires of your heart and he'll bring a strength a strength to your life.